the last read. Dust covered the shelves and rode the still air. Jim Hudson's fingers lightly touched the books and bindings as he casually walked the aisles of Muldrow used bookstore. It was a family-owned business. Stan Muldrow is the third-generation owner. He'd taken over the past spring. His father had taken ill and retired. Jim never cared much for Stan. He just didn't have his father's good-humored personality. As if summoned by mental telepathy, Stan appeared, morning, as he mumbled, he walked by. Good morning, Stan. Various books caught Jim's eye, and he stopped a few times to examine what interested him. At the end of the aisle, he looked at the shelf that was eye level and started back in the direction he just came from. As he did so, he heard the sound from the bell's jingle which hung above the entrance of the store, and there was a sudden burst of winter air. He didn't look up, but as soon as the door closed, there was a strong scent of an overly sweet and invasive perfume in the air. And mixed with the ink and old papers, smell ruining the tranquility of his treasured experience. Given the winter weather that blanketed the upper Midwest part of the state with snow and Arctic guests of air, he only ventured out one day a week. The bookstore was located in the oldest shopping center in town next to the grocery store. Because the supermarket's double coupon day was on a Thursday, Jim used this day to stock up and spend an hour or so browsing for new books to read. The hunt was part of the fun. Outside Mother Nature did her job and turned his car into a giant rolling refrigerator for the groceries and meat he purchased. All that was to be done now, he was searching, yet it was being ruined by a woman who pressed the top of a perfume bottle too many times. There's no fairness in the world at all, Jim thought. Then the inevitable. She joined him on the same aisle. His aisle. The smell of her fragrance overtaking everything. The heating system, old paper, ink, and even the mothball scent of his clothing. He wanted to stop breathing altogether, or if he was younger, he'd take her by the arm and show her to the door. It was all too intrusive. The scent made his stomach turn, and for a moment he thought he'd lose his bacon and eggs. Jim could see her out of the corner of his eye. She was in her early 40s and wearing a, a top that showed off too much of her bosom. Her makeup was a plaster of colors intended on hiding lifelines carved on her face by age. As he moved down the row of books, the woman inched closer. She was on his side of the aisle. Jim quickened his pace, but doing so soured his mood. This was his cherished time, but now this creature of the opposite sex was disseminating his enjoyment. With loathing and almost haunted eyes, he got a closer look at her. She was looking at the same shelf he was currently examining, Worse than that, she was fondling the books he not yet expected. He wanted to move to a new section of the shelves to have them all to himself, but wasn't able to. 
Why should he let her look at all his books first and maybe pick something he'd want to read? It happened in the moment and they reached for the same book. Jim was faster and pulled the book from the shelf. Her hand brushed his as she missed the book. There was a certain surge of shared electricity between them. I'm sorry, she exclaimed with a dismayed expression on her face. Jim looked at her but couldn't make out what she'd said. What was important was he clutched the crimson-colored book. Jim turned, a wolfish grin formed on his face as he walked away, his longing to find new reading material quenched. At the back of the store, away from the woman, he examined this book, The Last Read. Jim spoke its name softly as he opened the cover to glimpse its yellowed aged parchment. Banini published by Harlow Mitmer for all generations henceforth. Copyright 1999, number 13. The book had no preface about the author or the story contained therein. Flipping to the last page to obtain the total number of pages, Jim found 666. Jim fought back a certain urge to read the last page, Ollie that there was something he never struggled with before. Stan Muldrow appeared from around the corner. Jim cleared his throat. Stan turned and walked to him. Stan, could you tell me something about this book? It does not have a price on it or anything. While Stan was not as personable as his father, being raised in a bookstore and himself, a wide range reader had made him vastly knowledgeable and varied genres. Jim handed Stan the last read, but with hesitation. There was no spark this time, but Jim didn't notice. Stan eyed the crimson cover for a moment. He flipped the pages forward and back. Odds fish, this one, he frowned. I've never seen this book. Are you sure you didn't bring it in with you? No, Jim said. Well, my store stamp isn't located anywhere on this book or on the pages therein. If it belonged here, it would be so. Stan thrusted the book back into Jim's waiting hand. It was as if the book was unworthy of him. Well, how much does it cost? I won't charge you for something not belonging in my inventory, Stan said. Here at Muldrow, we have never carried vanity published books. You of all people should know that, Jim, especially after four years of scurrying about for titles. Well, okay then. Jim placed the book in an environmentally friendly book bag. Stan walked away, enjoying the excessively scented, middle-aged, chest-bearing creature that had invaded the sanctity of his favorite used bookstore. Stan was grinning wolfishly and seemed to sway enthusiastically on his feet. Jim made his way past them. Stan's face was sheepishly red as the woman explained that she was looking for a series of romance novels. Her hand resting lightly on his arm, Jim felt disgusted. That's where it all starts. A simple smile, soft touch, light conversation, uncomplicated flirting, and then cheating. Dishonesty, distance, and divorce. I hope you get what you wanted, Jim said so low that they didn't hear him. He felt sorry for Stan's wife. (music) 
Jim opened the door and left without looking back. The bells overhead jingled as gusts of December wind did its best to freeze him in place or make him turn back to the toxic perfume fragrance air. Instead, he forced himself to breathe in the frigid air deeply and cautiously moved toward his car. The normally short drive of 15 minutes took 45. As he drove, he looked over at the book bag. Jim couldn't get his mind off the book. It rested on the seat next to him. He looked over at it, but didn't remember taking it out of the bag. Had he done so? He arrived at his residence, parked in the garage, and was thankful the garage door hadn't stuck. With the car unloaded, Jim started dinner. With the cold weather outside, the only thing Jim wanted was to get busy reading and eat a steaming bowl of chili with a few saltines stacked on the side. At the table, he retrieved an onion. The last read rested on the table by the produce bag, flat, unopened, but ready to be explored. Jim took the onion. At the sink, he cut the ends and took off the first few layers, and then he chopped it. It was a strong onion, and for a moment all he wanted to do was cry. The smell of cooking hamburger filled the kitchen. The first stage of cooking beef was something Jim didn't like. The problem was the smell of blood. Jim quickly added the onion and soon he found the aroma pleasant. He made fast work adding cumin, chili powder, and canned tomatoes. By the stove, he reached for a can of dark red kidney beans and knocked over the book. He looked at it for a moment wonderingly. When did he move it? The next few moments were lost to him, then hearing the phone ring, Jim quickly turned off the stove. He didn't answer the phone. No one ever called him. It would probably be a telemarketer. The crisis of burnt food was averted, still something felt wrong, but he couldn't place it. Almost an hour later, Jim was at the kitchen table with a bowl of chili, side of saltines, cup of ginger ale, and a spoon at the ready. Jim wondered if life could get any better. Gingerly, he ate and read. At some point, he finished dinner. Before knowing it, he found time to just be after midnight. His body hurt from sitting so long. The dirty dishes could wait until the morning. Book in hand, Jim stood, his legs cramped from the long hours of sitting. He continued reading as he made his way slowly to the bedroom. He couldn't remember the last time he'd been drawn into a story like this, but what did it matter? In his bed, under the covers and with the pillow just right, Jim felt a coldness he never felt before. Still, he could not put the book down and he flipped another page. Sneezing and coughing, he wiped his nose, irritated by the cost of a $30 flu shot that hadn't worked. In the following hours and pages, the sickness became worse. Just before dawn on the 18th of December, Jim turned to the last page and frowned while reading the sentence. If you seek the end of life's turmoil as I did within my own dreaded existence, read this entire book and be free just as I was. It was an odd ending, and if you read it before taking the book from the used bookstore, then you would have chosen another title. He might even change his rule of not reading the last page first, but Jim was not a superstitious man, and no, he was not afraid of voodoo dolls, breaking mirrors, black cats, or walking under ladders.
Reaching up, he switched the lights off, sniffled, coughed, and felt the coldness which was indescribable. His last thought was of the perfume-scented, makeup-clad vixen and wishing she got the book first. Closing his eyes, Jim drifted away, unbeknownst to them the book had chosen. Thank you for listening to The Last Read by T. Mitchell Adams. I'm Melissa Benham and I was your reader today.